We're talking about vision this morning and talking about living a life of mission. You know, uh, we're called to fulfill the Great Commission. I used to say we're called to fulfill the Great Commission through the Great Commandment. How many know what the great commandment of Jesus Christ is? You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And through the outflow of that horizontal and vertical relationship with the living God, you will fulfill the great commission. You'll live a life of meaning and purpose that will impact eternity, impact life. When you serve God with all of your heart, there is a ripple effect that takes place in your life and with all of your relationships, and you have a sphere of influence, and you're living and stepping forward and going forward in life with Jesus. Amen? We're walking with the Lord. We are a people of the Spirit, and God wants us to carry the greatest message of hope that the world has ever heard. You are the hope of this community. You know, as the world gets darker and darker and it's not getting any better, the church should be shining brighter and brighter, a city set on a hill. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And then he said, you are the light of the world. You are luminary, so don't let... The trouble and the fears and the issues that are taking place in our society and in our culture today discourage you too much. If the devil's getting on your case, pray a little bit longer. Do a little bit more fasting. Get involved in the vision of God. You know, and I don't want to downplay what's happened to anybody here in 2022. Some of you experienced loss of life. Some of you experienced loss of employment. Some of you experienced some of the most devastating uh, disappointments and struggles of your life. And so what I would say is leave it behind in 2022 and pull all of the good blessings and life that God gave you there and carry that into the future and leave that behind. Because God is saying, Leave that which is former back there and know that God's mercies, they are new every morning. Every morning. You know, it's the eighth day of January. Eight is the number of new beginnings in Scripture. And there are new beginnings being birthed and formed in this place right now. There's new visions and dreams that God is dispensing in, from the Spirit into your spirit right now if you open up your spiritual eyes. You know, the Bible is true. The longer I study it, the more I realize it is worth obeying. Amen? It says in Proverbs 29 and 18, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Where there is no prophetic revelation, one translation says the people stumble all over themselves. They grope about in the dark. They cast off morality. They lose a sense of who they are. You and I are designed for purpose. We've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. We're not called to squander our lives. We're called to impact 
this society, this generation for the kingdom of God. God knew in his sovereignty that you would be born in this generation post-pandemic for a reason and for a purpose. And it is to fulfill the vision and the purposes of God. So spurn your own agenda. Spurn your own vision for a superior one. Exchange your idea of a good lifestyle for what heaven has to offer this morning. Because let me tell you, God knows what he's doing with your life. And, and if the plan A gets ruined in your life, don't worry because God's got a plan B just waiting for you. If you screw up plan B... God's got plan C waiting for you because he knows the beginning and the end. He knows the day of your birth. He knows the day of your appointment with death. But he knows everything that's going on in between. And he wants to walk with you as sons and as daughters. Listen, I can tell you that God is faithful. He is worth trusting. Blessed is the man and the woman of God who puts their trust in him. Put your trust in God. Lean not under your own, own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct what? Your steps. Your steps. The steps of a good man and woman are ordered of the Lord. And it's no coincidence that you're here in his house today. It's no coincidence that I'm in this house today. It's no coincidence that God is unfolding a prophetic revelation. By the end of this service, you're going to know some things to do that you didn't know what to do before you got here. I think God's helping me this morning because I can't talk normally that fast. <laughs> Father God is pouring out his vision in this hour on his sons and his daughters. And it is a good thing. It is a great thing. It is a privilege to be a child of God in this hour. Acts 2, 17 Peter, I mean, you look at Peter and you look what God, you look what Jesus did with the life of a cranky fisherman. Look what he did. Look what he did with this man's life. Cussing and swearing, rough around the edges. What do you mean cast my net on the other side, Jesus? Let Jesus deal with you. Let Jesus deal with your situation. Ladies, let... Let Jesus deal with your husband. Husbands, let Jesus deal with your children. <laughs> Amen? Day of Pentecost, Acts 2.17, and it shall come to pass in the last days. The last days are the time period between the first and the second coming of Christ, and we're in the latter of the last days. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. That means that they shall speak by inspiration. They shall speak encouragement. You'll elevate people out of their circumstances, their depression, their fears, their anxiety. They shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Listen, the Father has a vision to give you and I an unprecedented outpouring of a spirit. God wants to give you an overflowing cup of joy. God wants to give you an overflowing cup of peace. 
He wants to anoint your head with oil. He wants to have an intimate relationship with his sons and daughters. And he speaks through visions and dreams. And it's not spooky. He says to his young men, I'm going to cause you to see something that is greater than yourself. Something worth living, living for. And your identity will be in the vision that Jesus Christ gives you. Keep your eyes on the Lord, young men. Serve the purpose of God. Become a soldier in the army of the Lord. Become like the mighties of David. And you old men, dream dreams. Because we need to take a nap once in a while in the afternoon, don't we? Well, I'm, I'm not old yet. I mean, it's like my friend George says, I'm just getting rolling. We're just getting rolling, aren't we, George? Honestly. Young women, get a vision to serve the Lord. Align yourself under heaven. Get into the prayer room, the corporate prayer, and let God dispense the vision and the future and the plan that he has for you in 2023. Pray until something happens. Push. Pray until something happens. Until your eyes are opened. And the middle-aged ladies, the older ladies, dream dreams for your grandchildren and your children. And take them before the Father. Go boldly to the throne of grace and appeal to them and pray for them and intercede. It doesn't matter how old you are in the kingdom of God. You can be 16, you can be 26, you can be 46, you can be 76, and God is not done with you until your last breath. We just met with an 87-year-old evangelist, missionary, 87. Guys, 87. He has 60 projects going on around the world. I broke into a sweat just listening to him. It's like praying, oh my gosh, I got to speak for two services. I haven't done that since the pandemic. Whew, Lord, give me some energy. We're not done yet. God is going to visit this church. God is visiting this church. As a matter of fact, if you're online and you're looking for a church, this is the church to attend. God is doing something in this house. He's doing something in this place. He's changing lives. He's changing communities. People are being drawn from all kinds of hamlets just in this circumference here, but you're going to reach into St. Albert like never before in the years to come. There's going to be something going on in these places. Why? Because God is coming. God is visiting. The heavens are opening more and more and more. And God is calling you to increase. So be part of it. God wants to give you a vision and a purpose that is so compelling. Your life will become so fruitful, so satisfying. People are going to ask you what's going on in your life. How come things are changing so much? It's because you serve Jesus Christ. It's because you serve the purposes of the kingdom. The only thing that can stop the vision from, of God from coming to pass in your life is complacency, indifference, apathy. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 the prodigal son said to his father, give me my inheritance now. Give me. At the end of those verses, 
when he came back to the father's house, he was just hoping he could be a servant again. God says, I'll do better than that. The father said, I'll do better than that. I'll make you a son. But he got selfish. See, that's what happens. A prodigal's vision is a focus on self. It's self-serving. And God is refining that out of the body of Christ in these days. See, see what has happened during the pandemic is not only has there been a refining of commitments, not only has there been a sifting of the people of God, there's been a realization that sometimes ministry has become this self-serving thing, and that's never what God intended it to be. And then it says in the scripture in Luke 15, when this prodigal son came to his senses, the vision of God began to open up his eyes and the confusion left. And he was hungry for the vision of the father's house once again. And he said, only if I could go back to the father's house and return to the father's house and be a servant there will I be satisfied. And the father was waiting for him, and he had compassion on him, and he wept over his son. And as he returned, he was restored to fellowship. There was a ring put on his finger. There was reconciliation to the family, and the fatted calf was killed, and there was a feast, and there was joy, and there was celebration. And isn't that like, isn't that like a salvation message right there? Do you remember the day that you got saved? Can you reflect right now and say, I remember the day that I was saved, the day that I was water baptized. It was all the vision from heaven. Jesus Christ preached the gospel to you through another believer, and you received him, and you got a new vision for living, new purpose in life, and it was following the Lord. Listen, there is a famine coming. A famine coming, just like a famine came to the prodigal son. And it led to poverty. It led to a spiritual deprivation. And it drove him back to the house of God. God is going to be bringing tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of prodigals back across North America, back into the house of the Father. True houses of God where there are shepherds that care for the people and the people care about being shepherded and the people care about the house of God because they know that it's more than just about them. It's about living a God-honoring lifestyle and impacting communities and lives. Amen. I hope that ministers to you so far this morning. So, complacency is what? It is the enemy of spiritual vision. Impatience can and does derail the purposes of God and leads to unfulfilled expectations in life. But the Holy Spirit will always lead you back to the house of God, will always lead you back to the purpose and vision of the Lord. Well, I want to bring you a couple of examples in closing this morning from the life of the Apostle Paul and this other man, Cornelius, a prayer warrior. Acts 26, 16, and 19 is really a commentary where Paul is sharing his testimony to King Agrippa. He's moving up the ladder. He's appealing all the way to Caesar, being charged with many different things. Accusations came against his life, and he began to share the gospel with this king about his conversion that you read about in Acts chapter 9, where 
He saw Jesus on the road to Damascus. We know the story well. He was knocked off his mule, knocked off his high place, and went blind for a season. And he heard a voice so sweet. It was the voice of Jesus. And he saw a light shining brighter than the noonday sun. And he shares these words in Acts 26, 16, and 19. He said, but rise. Jesus said this to Paul when he was Saul. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I'm so glad God doesn't show me everything right away. I would rather not know. How about you? I just want a little bit and live day by day and just trust God at this stage in my life. But he's going to show you a little bit more and more of his will to step into in the weeks and the months that lie ahead, just like he did here with the apostle. I'm going to appear to you for this purpose. I'm going to reveal some things to you. Verse 17, I will deliver you from the Jewish people. I will, I will deliver you from this conspiracy theorists. I mean, the Jewish people, <laughs> as well as from the Gentiles, to whom I now send to you to open their eyes. God wants you to open up somebody else's eyes with the gospel message. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? Well, what about the political saviors? No, no. God wants you to share the gospel. It's, it's a good message. It's the greatest message that this world has ever heard. We don't need a political savior as much as we need the true savior in heaven, the living hope. Amen. Can I get an amen, sister? Come on. God bless you. Free coffee for you. <laughs> To open their eyes in order to what? To turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. There is a perpetual deception in the world today. The enemy is spewing it out like a flood. Perceptual deception because of the dissemination of constant information on social media. I'm not a rap star. But God has got a more inspiring message. He's going to give you real information that changes people's lives and changes yours and breaks the power of that deception that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I was not disobedient to the heavenly, heavenly not the earthly, the heavenly vision. Three points in closing this morning. Number one, obedience to the heavenly vision will produce fresh focus and direction in life. That's what it produces. It produces these three things. The vision from heaven will reposition and reroute your life. Paul thought he knew where he was going. He believed he was on his way to arrest Christians. He was Saul at that time, not Paul yet. And, and he thought he had his direction from God. He thought he had his vision from God. You see, it is possible to be well-schooled in the Word of God 
and be wrong about the heart of God. To not have the heart of God functioning fully on the inside of you properly in a healthy way. And that's what happened to Paul. As a matter of fact, they say that Saul was a Pharisee of Pharisees to the point that he had the equivalent of three PhDs. And so what happened? He knew so much about God, but he didn't know the heart of God. He wasn't aligned to what? The, the vision of God in that time and in that season. And that is what happened. And then God did something powerful in him, and he does the same thing for you and I. He put a new nature on the inside of him. He gave him a new identity in Jesus Christ like he does for you and I. And his identity was to obey the heavenly vision, to do the will of his Father in heaven. Wasn't Jesus always saying, I only do those things that the Father shows me? The Pharisees were always challenging him about his theology, and he was saying, no, I am walking in this direction, and I am, as, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And he takes a man inside of the temple who was blind since birth, and he tells him to go into a direction of the pool and wash off all of the mud that Jesus had put in his eyes because he had recreated the true vision of God for that blind man's life. And when he came back to Jesus, he said, you're the Messiah, and I am here to worship you and give my life to you. See, see, God wants to give direction with enlightenment and fresh revelation in him. Some of you are about to get redirected into the will of God. It might be something as simple as where you work. It might be an occupational change. It might be a ministry change. Oh, oh, how many door greeters are in this congregation right now? How many door greeters are here? Can I see your hands? There are door greeters. There yes, door greeters in the house. Would you please stand? I, I have to just do something here really quickly. If you're a door greeter, yeah. I saw somebody else over there raise their hand. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm singling you out. The reason why I'm singling you out is because I have to obey what God has asked me to do. In the previous service, there were people, no, no, stay standing, stay standing, stay standing. I, I want you to stay standing. I want everybody to give them a hand this morning. I want to encourage them. You know, as I was preparing this, as, yeah, you can sit down now. As I was preparing this message, the Lord wanted me to tell you that he's very pleased with your ministry as door greeters in the house of God because he's going to open up doors for you in 2023 that you're praying about. You see, Jesus Christ himself is a door. And he can create doors where there are no doors. Whatever door you're praying about in your life. Whatever door that you want open, listen, you begin to pray and ask God for the keys. God is going to give you keys, ministry opportunities, relationship opportunities, business opportunities, entrepreneurial opportunities, because you care about the house of God getting here and opening up doors for people. God is going to open up doors for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number two, obedience to the heavenly vision produces life-changing faith. 
Step into vision by faith and wait for the scales fall off your eyes. The Bible says when Saul was knocked off his mule on the road to Damascus, there were these scales, these cataracts that formed on his eyes, and he needed to be led around by the hand because he was blind. How many know we walk by faith and not by sight? And how many know we need to trust the Lord? And how many know that we need to trust people? We need to trust some of our friends. I'm so grateful for my friends. I'm so grateful for good pastors to take me by the hand when I've gone blind in my own pride, my own stubborn attitude from time to time. I'm so glad that somebody could talk some sense into me and reveal something to me that I couldn't see myself because of my own blind spots. You know, I am so grateful. So, so the Lord has to speak to a man by the name of Ananias in Acts chapter 9, and he says, Ananias, Saul of Tarsus, as a chosen vessel of mine, I want you to help him. I want you to take him by the hand. I want you to minister to him. And he's like, hold on, Lord. Do you not understand that he's been killing your people? And so there's this wrestling that goes on with God, with this brother, this prophet Ananias. And Ananias finally relents, and he's saying, okay, I'll help him. And he goes and he takes him by the hand, and he begins to minister to him. And what does the scripture say in Acts 9, 17 and 18? And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, this Paul or Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized. Wow. You know, maybe something can happen if we just humble ourselves enough to listen to an Ananias that's been sent by God into our lives. I want to appeal to you today that everybody needs an Ananias in their life. Everybody needs an Ananias in their life. You know, his name literally means a gift from God. Your friends are a gift from God. Your godly Christian friends are a gift from God. Your pastors are a gift from God. Your parents are a gift from God, young people. Even if you don't like being told what to do by them. Let them take you by the hand once in a while. They're going to save you from much pain and suffering and hardship in life. Come on, parents. I, I need an amen from a parent out there. I mean, <laughs> please. And, you know, so some of you, some of you plan to go blind for a season, just a short season, and let an Ananias take you by the hand and, and ask them to speak into your life. Ask them to say, why does my life end up like this? Why does this always happen in my life? Let an Ananias talk to you about it 
and help you, and it'll break something off of you, and the scales will fall off of your, your eyes, and you'll get insight for living. You'll get a perspective that you've never seen before, and you'll walk in a fresh direction that will bless your life and begin to produce some fruit. He's calling. He's calling you to some. He's calling some of you for this. Some of you have felt, I'm not ready to be water baptized yet. I am here to confirm in your ear that you are. Some of you have been contemplating getting baptized at the end of this month, but you have hesitated. Let this be a day where you decide, I am going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing is going to stop me from going into the waters of baptism. I guarantee you that if you do this, scales, spiritual scales of unbelief and apprehension are going to fall off of your eyes as you come out of the waters of baptism, and you are going to not only be filled with the Holy Spirit, but you're going to be, full, you're going to be filled with the very purpose and direction of God. You're going to get a specific direction in your life. You're going to know what your ministry is. You're going to know that you're called to the kingdom for such an hour as this. You're going to know that God is God is showing you. God will show you. Can you trust him? Don't tiptoe into the waters. Take a plunge. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of his waterfalls. It's not just water that you'll be baptized in. It'll be fire. It'll be his spirit. It'll be his peace. Some of you that have been struggling with anxiety for so long, your anxiety will be left in the waters of baptism. That wasn't in my notes. <laughs> Number three, obedience to the heavenly vision produces a lifelong legacy that heaven honors. How many want to invest in heaven? Praise God. Every hand should be going up. Step into a season of prayer and generous service before the Lord. Give him your time. Give him your tithe. It's only 10% on the dollar, really. And talents. Many of you have talents that have been lying dormant, and God wants to awaken them and stir them in you and stir up the gift that God has called you to fulfill. Acts 10, verses 1 to 4. Worship team, would you please come? There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. What did Jesus Christ say about his house? He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer to all nations. That is one of the first ministries of the house of God. And I don't know when corporate prayer is starting again in the house of God here, but get in there and pray and intercede and let the hallways of heaven be soaked with your supplications, your petitions, your requests, your intercessions for loved ones before God. Is your name known in heaven? Yeah. 
Cornelius's name stirred heaven. His generosity stirred the angels. Verse 3. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid. And he said, what is it, Lord? And so he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come for a memorial before God. A memorial. An eternal legacy in heaven. People are so concerned about leaving a natural inheritance for their children, and that's important. But I'll tell you what's more important is are you known in heaven? Better yet, are you known in hell for your prayers? Do the demons shriek when you get on your knees? Are they afraid when you're praying and when you're seeking God and when you're fasting and when you're obeying the heavenly vision? The heavenly vision produces a response in us to seek the Lord like never before in prayer and generosity. And when heaven sees it, heaven honors it and heaven commends it. Thanks for joining us. For more of our messages and information on our ministries, you can visit tfhchurch.ca. Have a great week.